This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Troisa, hello, thank you for joining us on Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. Well, when the lineup dropped, we feared the worst. Then Wrexham reminded us all why we finished first. Every tackle, every challenge, every pass. Another Phil Parkinson masterclass. Nath, where do we start? What a week, what an away day. What a time to be a Wrexham fan. As as you finished your little opening soliloquy, a fight, no joke, a firework went off just as you ended it. So I, somebody's there's some kind of coordination here. I don't know. No word of a lie. Big firework went off outside my uh, bedroom. But yeah, no. Um, I've still got in my head ringing through my ears, not to fall in apart again. Um, just it, it, as people are heading for the exits. No, you know what? It was just classic, uh, classic Wrexham away day in the sense that very reminiscent of Coventry. We're going in, moping, writing our obituaries already. You yeah, know, we, were, oh no. we were in the pub together pre-match and I was saying, I'm going home. I was saying, yeah. why is he starting these guys? It was very, like you said, it was very Coventry where Dolby started. We had McFadden and Reese Hall Johnson that day. And on Saturday, for me, it was Cannon. I was like, okay. Mendy at right wing back. I was like, oh, that, that could go away. And then the question was, Fletcher or Palmer? And the answer was Sam Dolby. And my words, Phil Parkinson, he caught us all off guard. He caught Notts County off guard. And right from the moment we got in there, Nathan, the fans started singing Super Ben Foster and goal again. And we started to believe. And we said on last week's podcast, it wasn't about going to Meadow Lane, sitting back, absorbing pressure and just trying to hurt them on a counter-attack. It's about going there and playing our own game. And that's what we did. And, you know, you can look back. and I know there weren't too many chances for either side clear cut in the game, but... I never for once really feared that they were going to score a goal on Saturday. And maybe that's me being cocky in hindsight. But you know what? I think we absolutely did a job on them and we did it our way, playing our style of football. So I, I said on last week's podcast, didn't I, that I would have played uh, Evans and O'Connor together as a as a defensive midfield pair. In the end, it was that partnership, but as 
left and right centre-backs that worked. And I almost thought because Notts County didn't really want to bombard the box, you know, they didn't really want to whip it in high. McGoldrick was dropping so deep. That was one of the things I, I witnessed was, hang on, David McGoldrick's playing centre-mid here. or He's nearly alongside Jim O'Brien and, and Matty Palmer, which meant you left Langstaff up top, who's got many strengths and probably should have scored with his header. That was probably the best chance when, when it was nil-nil um, for them. And I just thought they gave us so much control, O'Connor and, and and Evans, and also credit not not just Parkinson but Ben Tozer. He was taking a lot of flack. Jordan Tonov going down in the warm up that only added to the the misery. Writing an extra line into the Wrexham away obituary, you know this is going to be a disaster. Let's just get a nil nil. And the awareness um, of Tozer to lie on the floor like he did for that first goal. I mean, you can't teach that, can you? You, you cannot teach that. Um, no, I, I don't know if he's claiming that. You know, Elliot Lee is at ten, and everyone else has given it to Elliot Lee, but it definitely came off somebody. And I don't know the yeah. rule. Surely, if it touches a Wrexham player, that's well, it's it. Dubious it's goals goal. panel, isn't it? It's one of those things where if the initial shot is typically on target, then they'll say it was down to the striker who initiated the actual sort of move and the the effort on goal. But it's not going in if it doesn't hit Bentoza. So for me. Give it to give it to Toza. I know that Elliot Lee will be gutted when he misses out on the golden boot by one goal because of that. But you know, like you said, that is another characteristic of this Wrexham side that we write them off. And you know, although we always go on every week about the squad depth, and again, I think the weekend showed that we are a class apart for squad depth. I really, really do. There's always got to be some players who aren't as obviously not first choice. You look at someone like Cannon, who I've been a, a huge doubter of. Sam Dolby, who after the first few games of the season, I was team Bickerstaff. But the last few games, and in the comeback wins particularly, Sam Dolby has made a difference every single time he's come off the bench. I was surprised to see him start, but fair play. Parkey sees these players every single day of the week and he got it absolutely spot on. It was it was incredible. Uh, for me, you know, I'm going to pick out certain players and maybe that's the way we, we, we go about it, Rich, because there were so many good performances. But you have to say, for me, my man of the match was by some distance, I would say, and that's, that's saying something. I thought Jacob Mendy was absolutely superb. And and the fact that Jody Jones got their man of the match, and yet he did next to nothing, had his little thing with, with Mullen, or maybe we'll get onto that. But well, yeah, let's go on to that now. What do you make of it? Because when I was sta- when I was in the stand, I was thinking I would not be surprised if Paul Mullen gets sent off here. I wanted that as I'd want that as a red if it was against me. If that had been the other way around, I, I think it's I think it's a red. Um, but you also ride your luck in big games, Rich. And, you, you know, we've had decisions go against us, not to have someone go against them. Um, I thought the early booking for James Jones was harsh. You know, I, I think Parky said the referee wasn't using common sense and both him and Luke Williams went to see the referee at halftime and said, come on, engage brain here. You know, this is a big game. There's a lot of emotion on the line. You know, James Jones. And look, we've got Mullen and James yeah, McLean suspended I, now. But the, 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 the incident yeah, with Mullen, the, I think, I, was a red. Yeah. I think, oh, yeah, okay. personally. Yeah. I, well, yeah, I think it's one of those orange cards where, like you said, if, if it happens the other way around, I'd want, like, if Langstaff did that to one of our fullbacks, whatever, I'd be like, get him sent off right now. He should never play the game again. Mullen knows what he's doing. He knows that in games like that, emotion is such a key component. He knows that riling them up, getting under their skin, that is what Paul Mullen does best. And he needs to be playing in those margins himself to be at his best. He relishes it. He loves that bit of tenacity. He loves being booed by the home fans. He loves just feeding off that really. So, you know, I'm not going to say Mullen change because although it's annoying to watch and yeah, there might be a red card every season or so when that happens, it is that that makes him, it's almost like, like I said before, it's like that Suarez, that Wayne Rooney. It's playing in those fine margins. That is what makes him so good. 
And yeah, there's an element of risk there because he's so pumped up and he plays, takes those risks. And if he's playing against you, you hate him. You know, if Paul Moore played against Wrexham, I would hate him because he's so good and he's such a good sort of wind-up merchant as well. But he's a bloody good footballer. James Jones won. We know the rules by now, though, don't we? Like, it is a yellow card to the book and fair play to Cal Cameron. He took advantage of it. He's one of those players who is a wind-up merchant who I absolutely hate. He's fist-bumping the away end when he won that yellow card. Yeah, he wasn't fist-bumping at full-time, was he? I mean, it was the fact that we we did it, Nath. We, we went to Meadow Lane. We not only won, we kept a clean sheet. And, yeah, it wasn't as if it was a snatch and grab. I mean, you know, you look at that Chesterfield away two years ago where we won 2-0 in the second half. First half, they were all over us. But this was as, as complete a performance away from home as I remember from a Wrexham side. Yeah, it's up there. Um, and I think the atmosphere is up there. I still think it's it's a notch below Coventry. You know, it was, I mean, credit to Manny, the drummer was right behind me uh, in kind of the block I was in. I mean, the atmosphere I thought was absolutely amazing from start to finish, all the chants. Um, and I think it felt like we really grew into the game. It was kind of it was a better start than than it was against Bradford, I felt like, but I also think it was controlled with purpose. I did think there was a purpose to what we were doing. Um, and I think Dolby really led the line well. I thought he, he gave them plenty to think about with the frame. And I've always been big on that. I think Palmer is the better starter and there are other players that are better finishers to games. Um, and then you, you reverse it in fair play. You know, I thought it was credit to everyone. I, I just wanted to go back to Mendy there, Rich. I mean, Rob Bryan, red sponsor, Jacob Mendy. I honestly thought out of position, he got injured in the early moments. I thought that's it. We saw Ford warming up down the touchline. I thought, well, here we go. You know, this is another defensive injury. We've lost Tunnicliffe in the warm-up. You know, Toes is in and out. O'Connell's out for eight weeks. Barnett's out for eight weeks. You know, they're piling up. Aaron Hayden, out injured. Uh, Ford has been out, you know, on the bench now. Max wasn't involved. Um, McFadden's obviously not registered. Bryce isn't registered. So, you know, defensively, there is plenty to scratch your head out when you've got two of your defensive midfielders uh, at left and right centre-back. And yet he did a brilliant job. He, he, he did well there against Mansfield. He was even better here because I felt like he offered stuff going forward and back and, and really nullified Jody Jones, supposedly you know, this best player um, in that Notts County team who I thought was made to look pretty ordinary um, when all was said and done. Yeah, I'd agree with that, particularly on the day. Um, but, you know, I mean, Jacob Mendy was the scapegoat of Bradford because he was thrown under the bus, came on undercooked, makes an error, brilliant finish. Jacob Mendy, you know, you go on Wrexham fans chat, and I know that could be a cesspit at times, but you can go on that after a game, and particularly after Bradford, people call out Mendy, forgetting how integral he was, you know, to our promotion campaign and how, how much he's still learning anyway. And being played out of position, might I add, like, come on, give this guy a break. He was great in midweek. He responded well and against against Sutton, but the caveat was it was Sutton. You know, the, it was a game that suited him as a fullback off the bench because, you know, he could just attack. He could just sort of play um, and, and go forward and there was not too much defensive work to do. Notts County away, I mean, that looked like the key battle, didn't it? Like, if Notts are going to have any joy, they just got target Mendy and McLean. Both of them held their own, but M- Mendy in particular was, was flawless, really, and fantastic, fantastic to watch. And, yeah, I was just... Uh, like I said, I you could pick out every single player. If I'm going to have my choice, they say never fall in love with a lone player. It's too late. He is my Valentine. I am in love with him. Arthur Okonkwo, he just makes everything look so calm and composed. The McGoldrick shot he saves at 1-0 is, that is Top the moment for me that, that, that makes us go on and win that game. 
But there's also that shot. Was it a Kyle Cameron shot a bit earlier where he absolutely drills it? A Conquer just dives to his side and holds onto it. I don't want to be like disparaging here, but that is what our other goalkeepers just simply wouldn't do. They just would not hold on to that ball. And it was like he had sort of glue on his gloves. He was just so chilled, so composed for the whole game. And then in the key moments, he made the difference. And I know there's a lot of football left to be played, but I think every Wrexham fan would be getting that question to Arsenal right now, saying, well, it's not even up to Arsenal, I suppose, if he's out of contract. But Rich, I mean, I, you'll be hoping they don't offer him one. I would also say that, you know, much like Mendy, I know that it's it's part of being a fan. Opinions change with the wind, no? They get they they one minute you're great and next minute you're you're terrible. You're always the hero or the villain. AKA as you said with Mendy. And look, against Salford, you know, people were pointing at um a conquest distribution and his decision making and he was lax in possession. He's a young footballer who is getting better. And if he was more consistent, he wouldn't be with us now. That's just that's just the fact of it. Where we want to dice it up, as great as it is to have him. He could be in the championship now at the age he is with his skill set. He's just not consistent enough. So the challenge for him is replicate that Notts County performance every single week. And we've seen so many good flashes. Um, and dare I, I, I personally think that it, it just won't be in a price point to keep him. Um, I'd, I'd love to be proven wrong on that. You know, he's out of contract in the summer. Is it going to take an, a January bid of, I mean, what's it going to take? Is it going to take a million quid? Is it going to take... 750,000. I mean, look, for him, he, he'll have ambitions of playing in the championship and especially if Wrexham don't go up. If Wrexham go up, you've always got a chance. He'll have been part of a promotion winning team. Dare I say for the first time in his career, I probably should have fact-checked that before I said that. Um, but, you know, he that that's something special and players want to look at Foster, got sucked in by the promotion and wanted to stay and then eventually decided that was a no-go. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not sure. We're going to have to start. I think we, we got an agreement, a loan to buy in January for Luke McNicholas. I think the way to skirt around FFP was to buy him in January. Uh, Rob Lainson and Mark Howard are, I believe, out of contract at the end of the season. Um, Rob Lainson particularly, you would imagine, will go. And Mark Howard, look, for whatever you want to say, we got an email this week that said he deserves some praise for just being a team player, if nothing yeah. else. You know, and for... he was the first one over at full time to congratulate a Conquer when he was saying... Right. Man, you you got us out of this one today. You had a huge role to play. And yeah, you're right. We did get an email this week that I was going to try find, which I can't quite find right now. But basically, they were they were saying that Mark Howard deserves so much credit for yeah yeah again for not uh, kicking up a first. It was from Darren Darren Will Darren Wills, um, who said he loved the pod guys, and he just said yeah, I truly think he deserves a little praise. He says he's very unselfishly seems to always put the team's needs above his own. A true team player, I think he needs some recognition. So. Yeah, uh, I think we all we all echo that. And Rich, it's basically in a similar way what what Jake Hyde was saying about Liam McAlinden. In a weird way, you do need like glue guys like that in the dressing room. So Okonkwo is his own man and has his own skill set and has his own drive. But at the end of the day, Howard has has done the similar path. He came through Arsenal's academy, has had a, an established career in the football league. Whatever Sheffield United, Bolton, Carlisle, other places. Um, and I'm sure Okonkwo is learning a lot from him, learning a lot from Leighton, just speaking to them. So let's not underestimate the power of the unit that's with Okonkwo there. And uh, Aidan Davison, and you know, Aidan Davison said in the documentary, he likes experience. So this is a, something new for him, really. And who knows? I mean, if, if it's not podcasting for Mark Howard, maybe it's coaching longer term. You know, you never know. He does seem to be that team player that likes coaching. But on Okonkwo, I'd love to be proven wrong. I, I just, I find it hard to get the numbers to work 
for Wrexham in League Two right now for a player that I think will want to be in the Championship next season. Mm, yeah, like I said, it's going to be all hinge on whether we can get promoted, whether that ambition can match what he wants to do next in his career. But a massive shout out to him. Um, I guess if I was going to be slightly pessimistic, Nafe, my only, there we go. My, my only downer, as me and some of the Manchester Reds were saying on, on the train back, it's not going to get better than this this season, is it? There is not going to be an away day as good as Notts County away. We've already played Stockport. We know what happened there. We've had Mansfield away. There's no, you know, we've had Bradford away. You look like MK Dons would be a great event, but it's not. I can't see it right now being a game that's going to have any emotion close to the Notts County game on it. I mean, I, you know, it just feels like we've we've had our great away day this season, and I know. That there could what, be different circumstances. What, what a glass half empty view for the season then. <laughs> I'm greedy. What, I'm a Wrexham what, fan and greedy. What is it? It's just the start of November now when this is out. Um yeah, cash that out. is a that is a depressing viewpoint. No, there'll be there'll be some great away days because Wrexham sell out all these away days. That's what makes it great, is that I've done plenty of Wrexham ways, as have you, in in yesteryear, where it's been crap. You that you've got you know, you've got gaps between you, there's not many people there. It's been chucking down with rain. It's not been fun. And we lose, <laughs> you know, Ebb's fleets. And I always go back to that one, but it's, it's etched on my brain like a dodgy tattoo. Um, but, you know. Yeah, and you make a good point there, though, because yeah. for me, when you talk about how good Notts County was, in a way, if I'm trying to be truly hipster, and I know, even I don't believe this myself, part of me still wants to say Halifax away was my favorite away day under Parkey, just because we were so bad and we properly stole that one off of them. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. there's something to be said about an away day where you you get away with robbery basically. Whereas it not we deserve to win, but Halifax we did not deserve to win two I, seasons up, ago. Up, and up we there did. for up there for me, Wheelstone, Wildstone away. I always say it wrong. However, I say yeah. it, but the one where the, the basically the barrier collapses, collapses. We score that illegal goal. Jordan Davis hits the bar and then it comes back out to him and scores. And me and a couple of others got very very drunk in a t- nearby Thai restaurant uh, and had no idea how we got home. But we did, and uh, so that one's always good fun to to look back on. As I said, Coventry was amazing. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other parky away days that we've had, um, because like I said, I've never seen us win at Meadow Lane before the weekend, yeah, I mean, and that, that one that definitely just up there. away two nil was. I wasn't was there for a, that one. Was, was amazing again. Maybe not the, the actual. You twisted my arm to go to Chesterfield. And so when I did, you twisted my arm to go, and I did go. We lost. And it was like there was yeah. more smoke bombs on the pitch than Wrexham yeah. shots on target. So, yeah. but yeah, like um, I said, I think that Halifax and the Oldham away. Those two-one wins were brilliant because we didn't maybe deserve to win on the day in both mm. those games, and there's something to be said about that. I was going to move on the sort of conversation. I know we could literally say every player was amazing; they were. Yeah, we could. Um, but where does that rank for you then in terms of actual performance under Parky? Is that the best actual like performance? Because you know, even Coventry, right at the end, we I know they're they're high caliber caliber team, but we are holding on for dear life at the end of Coventry, aren't we? And they've got ten men for a chunk of the second half at least. I know it's hard to compare cup and, and league sometimes, but but where does that rank for you? I, in terms of pride out of the it's difficult, isn't it? Because there's many factors to, to how I'm judging the performance. The, the second leg against Sheffield United, I had so much pride. I know we lost that game, so you can't put it above, say, in Notts County, but I had so much pride with how we played there against a the team that we're about to get into the Premier League. And we took them to the 90 second minute or whenever they got the, the go-ahead goal and we missed a penalty. Um, it's up there. I, I didn't think we played swashbuckling football and I also don't think Notts County were horrendous. I, I think both both things were maybe not quite true. I think we played well. I think they were okay um, and have had better days. I don't think... No, I mean, the man had some joy against McLean in the first half, 
Lancaster probably should have scored the header. Um, I think they'll still be up there. I don't. I'm not expecting Notts County to drastically fall away. I mean, people on the way out were saying that you know they think Notts County might finish mid-table or. I don't see that at all. I think they'll be. They'll I still, be still would be, be surprised if they finished above us. To be honest, nah, they'll they'll still be bang up there. I I, I definitely felt more confident in in both of us saying we'll be top three come the end of the season based on that. But you know, Mansfield are still really really good. Are they still unbeaten in all competitions? Probably um, until this Saturday. Until this Saturday, there you go. But you know, they they are still. I still think they're the they're the gold standard. I still think they've been the team of League Two. I know Stockport are ahead of them, but I still think Mansfield, just for the big game performances, are really. Um, laid it down. Stockport are brilliant, and um, but we're right up there. And so for me, probably a top five. I haven't got a list. Maybe any. Maybe let us know your list if you think it's the best parky performance. Either at Rob Ryan Red on Twitter at Rob Ryan Red or Instagram, obviously the same, or email Rob Ryan Red at gmail dot com. For me, I'm just gonna I'm gonna safely say top five as a performance, um, and then I'll come back to you another week with yeah, my exact I I, list. I think I'll have that cop out as well, and 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 get back to you at a later date on that. And yeah, again. Thank you very much for getting in touch on, on the emails. As always, do that do that on the socials as well. Just a caveat as well. Myself and Nate are recording this on the Monday night of the week. We've had some I'm I'm very I'm a very busy man. I'm in demand this you, week. You but, are. Yeah, we usually record on a Wednesday and I'm at Old Trafford for United Newcastle. So we've had to bring it forward. So we might jump in at different parts of this podcast with other bits of news. Obviously, once we watch the doc as well, there should be a little segment on that. Um, but obviously, we can't do that yet because we're recording on the Monday night. Uh, so, yeah, in terms of the actual sort of occasion as well, Nafia at the weekend, I mean... Well, quick, well, quickly, Rich, I just wanted to say this because this has been the big news piece outside of the game is Owen O'Connell and uh, Ryan Barnett. They may as well stick up the, the, the Christmas stockings because they're not going to be playing until... Um, after Santa's coming down the chimney, basically. They're, they're not going to play again. It doesn't seem like... And I know what people have said. Parkey is usually more... He's a bit more like you, Rich. He's more glass half empty. So he tends to give you the worst case scenario. And then when they come back in six and a half or seven weeks, it's like, great, they've made a speedy recovery. So who knows? But as it stands, Owen O'Connell, who'd just been picking up form. I thought he was our best player at Bradford. Been playing well. Um, you know, a different player to the one that scored the own goal against MK Dons on the opening day. If you can think all the way back to that, um, he's out for eight weeks. And Barnett, you know, we're already stretched at right wing back. As good as Mendy is, you don't really want him there long term. I wouldn't have thought, and he doesn't really want to be there long term. Ford is still trying to get his fitness up. I mean, that they are really disappointed, aren't they? Massive injuries at this stage. Absolutely. I mean, like so, Connell was just he had a poor start to the season I know there's the element of the goalkeeper in that but I thought I was I was I was scapegoating O'Connell probably after the first couple of games and he came back and like so that Bradford game was was heroic he, he was brilliant there and there we were saying that you no know, if, if you're going to choose Rexon's best back three O'Connell would be there and he'd probably be in that central role which is a huge testament to to how good he is um so it's really really difficult really a really crap one to take because he's been brilliant uh, in the last few games. And of course, last time we played Knots, it was his fantastic sort of rugby move where he kicked it over the defence and chased onto it to to get us back into the game. You know, it was, that was such a brilliant move from from him in that in that one. And you know, he's got a lot. He's got a lot of traits that make him a good defender. He's not just a big bruiser. He's good with a ball. He loves his little clip passes that we've seen from Toes as well. I'd say in terms of O'Connell, while he is a huge miss. We are very blessed at centre half, so I don't think we're going to get too much sympathy because you still look at the caliber and the roster of centre backs we've got. We've got players who would get into any other team in this league. Uh, 
And we, we, we've also got players like Aaron Hayden who aren't even getting in the squad or on the bench who, you know, for fitness issues who would start for any other team. So I, I think the O'Connor one is really disappointing and, and annoying, but I don't actually think it'll affect us too much just because we've got so much depth there. The one that worries me is is Barnett because we know how how brilliant he is, how unpredictable he can be. I do think in general he struggled a little bit in League Two this season. His end product, you know, hasn't always been there, but he still has that little spark that he can just make things happen out of nowhere. When he's on it, his crosses into the box are, are unstoppable and he does what fans want you to want. You know, he gets you off your seats, he takes a man on, he puts a cross in. He's he's got a unique skill set that no, no other player on the right hand side has. And the concern for Barnett, obviously, is we always saw him as the more attack-minded option on the right. And it means you've either got Mendy, who isn't a right winger, or you've got Ford, who you know, it hasn't been fit anyway. And it's a big ask for him to go straight back into the team. And particularly even when he is in the team, he doesn't quite offer the same going forward. I think he's a more rounded player than, than Barney. But that, that, that worries me a little bit on the right, just because, like I said, Mendy is a work in progress playing out of position. He could be Bradford. He could be Notts County. You don't know what you're going to get from him. And Ford's injury concerns, I just, I, I just wouldn't want him to be scapegoated or thrown in at the deep end if he's not ready yet. Do you know what I mean? If well, you he said that, a few you, more weeks, you said, you said that to time. me, didn't you? You said that to me in the pub, didn't you? You said it before the team came out. You said, actually, I wouldn't want Ford in there, really, today. We hadn't seen the team. We had no intel. And you said, I don't want him in there because he'll probably be undercooked you know, against a, a Jody Jones who... Yeah. Is what one of the fastest players in the league or something statistically? Yeah. And, can, and when you've just made your return from injury, that can just kill your confidence. You've been working so hard, and your first game is you get ran ragged against one of the best in the league. I know it can go either way. Was it was when we played Knots last time? Was had O'Connor just come back from injury or something? Was it his first game thrown back in the team? I seem to recall, or there was certainly well, maybe. And then I know Clareworth's done it a few times as well, where he's been thrown back in and produced a masterclass, but. Yeah, I just didn't want Ford to have to be thrown back in. I think because I really like him as a person as well. I mean, you know, <laughs> to to bring the sort of welcome to Wrexham, you know, his storyline is so moving and touching. Oh. And, you know, he, he just seems such a nice guy. And I don't want him to be thrown into these situations where it, it, it can be exposed. And I just think that he needs time to get back to speed because when he's... I also think, honestly, Ford, we forget how bloody good he is. Last he's season, such he a steady Eddie. He's such a steady... He, he's like the kind of archetypal 7 out of 10 at least every week. You know what I mean? Rarely does he fall below that level. And and I, I do wonder if, that, that you know, the, all this talk of they want two defenders in January and a midfielder. I do wonder if one is a right wing back in, in the sense that, I don't know, it might be a centre-back. I don't know. I, I need to try and find out. But if it is a right wing back, I think, well... It has been an area where they've chopped and changed. We saw Aaron James make his Wrexham would you not just say? Would you not just you say Bryce Cesano? Bring him back, um, potentially. I mean, that would be a... I honestly think that would be a hell of a story. I know people might just say, well, you're just bringing back a player that um, that, that, you, that you already had that's been sat in the cold. But I do think that would be a hell of a story. I would expect to see Bryce against Port Vale coming up again, and we'll see how he gets on there. I'd also expect McFadden and Waters to play in that one, given those two missed the the crew game and it's sort of a dead rubber I think if we win that group um I think you, you get seeded or you get we'll look into that yeah. when it comes around but um it's yeah I, I'd expect Bryce to play. I don't know I, I I personally don't think there's a way back for Bryce Billy and, no, and Callum I, I, I don't think there is and I think it's about leveling up now if if, if comes January yeah. and we're in the top three Rich I think you've got to be looking at 
Are we getting a player here that can play is... in championship? Basically, yeah, basically, yeah. that's that's what that's what you're saying. Um, yeah. We have and, to be ruthless, to... don't we? With our squad, we're yeah. rebuilding now. We can't just buy players who would be okay in League Two or would even be do a job in League One because that means they could they could theoretically be outdated in eighteen months' time. You, you, know, you, you get have... you get emotionally attached to the players though that yeah. get you up, but you know promotion heroes, and you do get emotionally attached to it. And look, whenever the time comes that Luke Young or um, you know, because who, who the players that are locked down, I think our are, are are the safest of all, really. Uh, Paul Mullin, Elliot Lee. I think everybody else is is either is either a contract where they're probably not going to get an extension or. That you know, even someone as much as I like Jordan, you know, there are, people have got their question marks. I'd love to see Jordan go all the way. Um, with I'd us, love us to get the Premier League without signing any more players. I'd love us you know, to do right, the right, but, got, it's, but it's, it's not going to happen, is yeah, it? Yeah, and um, you've got to be horribly ruthless with that, but haven't you? One of the players, Rich, that you almost and this perfect segue for me. One of the players that definitely would be with us in League One. Uh, I'm sure he's got absolutely no desire to leave. Would be Mr. Elliot Lee. Ten goals for the season. Have you got a favourite Elliot Lee goal from the 10 this season? Now, he scored some unbelievable goals. He's got that trademark cut in and shoot. I'm going to run you through quickly. So he had his deflected goal at Wimbledon. That's not going to be winning any awards no. anytime soon. He got one against Walsall. Was that from the penalty spot? I'm trying to remember. I believe um, so, got yeah. one. He scored twice against Swindon in the late the late fight back. Um, he scored one against Barrow, which was a penalty. We got one against Doncaster, one against Grimsby. Uh, his goal against Salford City, Sutton and Notts County. So 10 yeah. goals. Will he hit 20? And have you got a favourite? Uh, I've got. I've not got a favourite on the basis of I cannot remember any of them, just because <laughs> I think we score so many goals now that it's actually quite difficult to remember who scored what and what well, games I'm, they were. Rich, I'm going to give it to the 96-minute equaliser in front of the tech end against Swindon. So yeah. the Sutton one was I mean, I don't probably remember technically, it, but it was probably good. Just for the just for the moment, I mean, it's it, yeah. It, was that it, from the free kick? Was no, I feel like that was the one where it kind of was the free kick. Was it? An oh, who knows? Free we can't. Kick? We can't even remember, can we? So, uh, but either it was way, probably good. Yeah, I remember yeah, I, the great think, limbs for that one. Yeah, I I think it's one of those ones where I think he definitely could get twenty goals a season, but I also don't think we can judge his success on whether he does or not because he brings so much to his team. Just when he gets the ball, he causes so much fear in the opposition. And it's just when when the ball drops from one of his box and you just don't know which way he's going to go and he does his fake shot, he cuts inside. Sometimes he does another. He just has this eye for goal and just this constant threat whenever he gets on the ball that he is at this level, I think, indefendable at times. You know, you, you just can't, you, you, how do you stop him? How do the, the average League Two team stop him? Because even if you man mark him and try isolate just his talent, then what if the ball goes to Mullen? What if it goes to one of our strikers? Like I know he is often the creator, and it all a lot of the our play channels through Elliot Lee. But his talent, the way he drops back, the way he drifts wide, and has a sort of free roaming sort of role in the team, he is just for this level. He is just a cut above, and his footballing intelligence is just off the scale. I I don't think I've ever seen a creative player for Wrexham who maybe has the same discipline and creativity in the same, do you know what I mean, the sort of balance of that. We've seen players with better flair. We've seen players who may be a bit more grounded, 
but for someone to have the perfect balance really of that creative edge but also the intelligence and the discipline not to always get caught out he's, Rich, he's, this might be a jet. stupid this this might be a stupid question but with the ball at their feet who do you think was better as a kind of a, a dribbling was yeah. there you go you answered my question <laughs> don vos you think that's it the best no one i don't have i don't i think he had a very good six months didn't he i thought you were gonna say elliot Jarrell for a second there no i, mean, you, no, no, I think no. if you look at entertainer trundle still sets the bar for me in terms of someone who he is so gifted he is like a almost like a circus act at times lee trundle because he is just an entertainer he mm. is He's almost got like that JJ Kotcher about. What do they call him in America? The Shack or something? Yeah. He was he was Shack of the TST. Yeah, but you know, it's just in football, in soccer, whatever you want to call it, sort of the number ten. You think of Maradona's. You think of those players who, they the embodiment of someone is just create, do skills, embarrass almost their opponents, like a Ronaldinho or something. Lee Trundle's maybe the the best technically gifted creative player we've we've had or I've ever watched that. But, but for me I think Elliot Lee just he has just something different about him it's the way he just glides effortlessly it's the way he does the dirty defensive work as well and you know I don't want to just be comparing players sort of top trump style against each other but I do think Elliot Lee's combination of doing the dirty work and then the moments of magic is is unique I- for me He's got a great beard, so if it is top trumps, I feel like I am up there in terms of the beard stakes to anyone who's watching on YouTube, but I feel like he's up there as well. Um, and also, I can't really remember our hot takes at the beginning of the season, but, you know, we we put a call out, didn't we, for people? And did we say Ryan Barnett was maybe a League Two team of the year? Um, yeah. I think we maybe we did, and maybe we were trying to be too hipster and too clever because Elliot Lee, if we were picking a League Two team of the year right now, would without doubt be in it. Um and the He's pretty much captain, the, probably, yeah. And pretty, pretty much the players that have played well against us: Davis Keeler, Dunn, um, Louis Barry. Uh, who else is in there? Um, Dan Kemp, probably Jake Young. All these players that have played really well against us would probably be in there. Um, but Elliot Lee, I tell you what, at the rate he's going, League Two Player of the Year. I don't know. I'm not a big gambling man, so I don't know the odds. But I tell you what, he is firmly in the mix, and I'm going to say. Ooh, I'm going to say, Rich, that Elliot Lee ends up with 18 goals for the season. That's my prediction, which I think would be an unbelievable return and gets us into the top three. Yeah, I'm not going to put a number on it because it, I am. I, I've got I've got no feeling or to go for it. But yeah, like you said, he's he's a sensational player, and you know the the biggest players do it in the the biggest games. And he performed again for us on Saturday and made made the difference. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with muck delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
It's Kedwin Scott. A real pressure penalty. Can he beat Foster? Into a seventh minute of added time. So much tension. Massive moments in the title race. This to make it 3-3. Only adding to the tension by re-spotting the ball. Scott for Notts County. Saved! Saved by Buster! Massive moments in the title race. Buster gets the right way. That is something. Oh, just a brilliant end to this game. So, Nath, from one victory over Notts County to another, you've just heard the chat there that probably gives it away. Welcome to Rexman's Week, the hand of Foz, reliving that historic, the biggest ever game in National League history. Rexham 3, Notts County 2, still gives you goosebumps watching it. You still don't quite know which way the game's going to go. First thing that struck me, Nath, from this episode was how bad the referee and the linesman were. I know we say it every week when, when things don't go our way. But they were dreadful. I remember thinking it at the time and it got lost by the end of it. But it would have been such a shame if that game had been decided by bad official officiating. Oh, so bad. You know, some of the ones where they were showing you the replays, they were miles on side. Um, and again, I was similar. I was kind of, uh, where was I, PG6 or PG7 in the in the Macro on the Mold Road? And um, so I was kind of at that point where you could see down the line often where where it was, um, it was a fairly decent vantage point. I remember just thinking these are horrendous decisions, but you're swept up in the game and, and obviously it, it plays out as it plays out. And the doc did a really good job, actually, I think of, um, I mean, they had the lads from Notts County Talk on who you spoke to last week. You know, they had a good job, I think, of building up the tension for the game. And there were some funny little quirks, um, the conversation in the Aviation Gin suite about what the hell do we do with these 10,000 black shirts if... Like I thought it was really interesting that they'd actually made an appeal to the league to change the colour of the referees' kits um, had we not gone up, which was a quirk that obviously didn't come to pass. But um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought Hand of Foz, but it, I, I don't know if I was expecting a million more replays um, of the save, but it was, yeah, it was it was really well done. Um, you've got, it's so sweet on the podcast that you've now got Chloe bringing you a cup of tea, which people won't be able to see because this, this, this isn't part of the video. For those listening on the audio, yeah. Just Rich is getting hand delivered a cup of tea in my Wrexham mug. In your Wrexham mug, because yeah, like I said, we've I've li- we're recording this on Wednesday at two o'clock because obviously I've got we've got commitments yeah. tonight. I, I finished watching the documentary about about four minutes right. ago, and I'm still on that buzz from watching it all. Superman Foster and Goal. I've been chatting around the house since watching it, and yeah, it was just what a spectacle to relive again. You forget how good we were that day. You know, first half we were the better team in that match, that penalty on, on Mullen that should have been given. But it just made me realise yet again how blessed we are to have Phil Parkinson. You know, his his half time chat, what he says at full time as well. But the fact that, you know, we go in, like we see, we feel like the officials are go, are going against us. The goal is a moment of magic out of nowhere. It would have been so easy for those players to to buy into the well, that's it. The season's gone in it. That we've we've messed up at Halifax and we're we're not going to win today. 
liked the way they came out of the blocks and responded time and time again to everything that was thrown at them was just just so moving really there's, there's such we're so lucky to have this group of players with that mentality and for me it's it's instilled from the manager and from, from Rich I loved the just the the intensity with which Mullen spoke about like that's been the game for months that I've been waiting for like that's the one I'm going to go all in for and they kind of dressed up the Halifax game as like, did we have an eye on? Did we get complacent? And and when you watch those goals back, it was so poor. And I also think it was really interesting that whether Foster recorded his stuff retrospectively after the the hand of hand of Foz. But yeah, there is a lot of know, he, that with the sort yeah, of voiceovers right, and stuff, isn't right. there? And he on this on uh, this doc because well, anyway, Foster was saying, you know, I was thinking, can I still do this? Can I? And I I hope he wasn't thinking that at the time. Not that it really matters now. Who cares? But um. It was, yeah, it was really good. Parky knew exactly what to say. And with that fire, you know, Ben Foster saying, get into them. I mean, if anyone had a swear button, they'd have been really, really busy. They didn't end up bleeping it out. Um, but everyone would have been very, very busy. It was just great the way they did it. And, um, yeah, it was uh, just one to relive the goosebumps. It was a great episode, I thought, you know, a 40-minute special. And, uh, you know, one we can all enjoy. Yeah, also lovely to see Robin Ryan get the freedom of Wrexham pre-match in that. And again, that's another sort of cliche we, we refer, refer to a lot on the podcast, basically just how authentic these guys are. I mean, you know, Ryan's almost in tears when he's talking about, you know, it's a moment he's got to cherish for the rest of his life and saying how they feel the pain of the community and almost like they feel how let down the fans can be at times if, if things don't go well, away on the what pitch. Was the, what was the line that... We've not had too much sorrow. Yeah, what was the line that Rob McElhinney said? Because that was the bit that really struck me when he said he'd heard a woman or he'd spoken to a woman and she said, when will it be our turn? Like, when when can we win? Um, and it wasn't just about football. It was just about everything that comes with living and growing up in Wrexham and struggle and, um, you know not to kind of downplay it too much, but it was like, a can- I, we all felt that. We've all felt that at the time. Like, when is it our turn to to be successful? And and now it's our turn and we get to enjoy yeah, it all, we, all that comes we with all, it. We always felt it was going to be, didn't we? I think Wrexham fans would all, always have told you, you know, that even when we were at our lowest and we always thought, what is the future of this club? There was also that counter argument, I think, for many of, you know, if we get promoted once, things can start going our way and, everyone can buy into it obviously it's off the scale now and it's the light being shone on it worldwide is is crazy i would say this is me being slightly cynical i maybe it's just me i don't know but i'm really starting to notice the sort of product placements in this this documentary now the the clip of jordan davis is saying anybody want to watch some tiktoks i don't think anyone in the world has ever said that sentence before in, in the life, and then I know it's sort of artistic license, but to get just to say to teammates, anybody wants some t- watch some TikToks, and it's just TikToks of the goals that you scored. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> they've thrown him under the bus there. And I I like the storyline of the the two fans who were reconnected to Wrexham and came to the match. There was a very not so subtle plug to Expedia in that, which you know I guess that is part of the sponsorship deals that we've got. And you know it's like if you sponsor the back of our shirts, we can get you basically a, a, pro- a product placement or get you get you a shout out in, in the documentary which is watched by millions across the world they were just not very subtle this week for me but the TikTok you know, one was worse i'm not the, complaining the TikTok, the, the, TikTok one, the TikTok one was just hilarious i was like what is there was, was like they were just like that forced laughter it was if anything it made me laugh because it was just so rogue um the, the expedia one was quite a nice story yeah. you know i, I mean? just don't believe anyone I just don't believe anyone has ever said want to watch some TikTok. I, I also, like I, I also just... feel like if you and I had to reconnect after, uh, and we were millions of miles apart, I'm not sure you'd be that 
bothered. This, these two guys were absolutely delighted to see each other. I'm not sure you'd give me as big a hug as that guy did. Um, I think that was, I think that was a real that's friendship. Probably, 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 probably. Um, but good and bad luck. We're recording this, as you said, on Wednesday. We recorded the first on Monday. And on Monday, we were kind of hopeful. You know, we were looking at Gillingham, all right? There'd be no um, James McClay. We mentioned about O'Connell. We mentioned about Barnett. And now we get the news today. As we record this, Stephen Fletcher in for his op under the knife, an operation on his knee, hyperextended his knee about three weeks after coming into Wrexham. Can't carry on with it. And he is having surgery now, Rich. We don't know. That is an unconfirmed time frame out indefinitely. It could be months. You don't want to scare people, but that could be, on the worst end of things, months on the sidelines. And now what for Wrexham? Yeah, it's, it's a real dilemma, isn't it? I mean, I suppose it means... Finally, the time for Jake Bickerstaff to get the chance. He's he's been long overdue this season. We know he's been capable. He's just been been overlooked. Dolby, to be fair to him, has been very good in the last three or four games. So he does deserve his chance and deserves to keep his place either in the lineup or, or on the bench certainly this weekend. But yeah, Fletch. I mean, he's already a cult hero. We all absolutely love him. Uh, he's he's a such a threat. He's so experienced. He just brings that calmness, that composure to the forward line. He's so wise. He reads the game so well. He's a he is a cut above in terms of sort of footballing intelligence. I think in that forward line of just that experience. He's been there. He's done that. He reads the game so well. I've said in the past. He, there's sort of shades of like a Glenn Little there. Someone who's just his legs might not be up to it anymore. His body might be on the decline, but mentally he is just so fresh still. And it's a real blow. It's a real blow. Obviously, he's sort of been a supplementary option this season. He's only started one game. Most of them have been cameos off the bench, but he's made a difference almost every single time he's he's made an appearance for Exxon this season. And we were saying a few weeks ago, but look, the Luke Armstrong deal falling through or not being completed in time, it could have been a blessing in disguise in terms of it means we got Fletcher in. The conundrum now is Fletcher is a player we all want to be part of this Wrexham story until the end of the season. I think every single Wrexham fan will agree on that but he is now taking up a, a squad space. And if you want to buy a new striker in January, which depending on the length of this, this surgery would still be a, a, a real possibility, I think. What does that mean for him? Do you know what I mean? I mean, it, it depends how when he's going to return because if he is out for a few months or whatever, then he, are you even thinking that, look, he's almost done, done his bit and obviously helping with his rehab, but you need someone who's fully fit to contribute straight away in January, really, because the games are so thick and fast and we just don't have the depth there that I think is required now. I mean, if you look at our strike options now, it's no Mullen against Gilligan. So you've got Palmer, Dolby, Bickerstaff. I'm, I know a lot can change very quickly. I don't want this to be a sour podcast whatsoever, but I think you need so, an so, extra So here's the there. question then. What do you do at Mansfield at the weekend? Because that is the game. You know, we did have a Mansfield podcaster on recently i think it was episode about 139 so not a lot has changed we decided just just go back and listen to that segment towards the end of that podcast to really get a sense of how things are going at mansfield this season they have finally lost a game their unbeaten streak in all competitions is over they lost in the carabao cup fourth round to port vale who we obviously play in the pizza cup soon um so they have lost but again we've got mountain injuries we've got suspensions what do you do, Rich? Do you, do you go all out, full strength? You know, Palmer, Dolby, and and risk losing another against Mansfield. I don't know what 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 do we do. I don't think you can risk. I, I you know I think you can definitely play two of them. I I definitely play Bickerstaff and Palmer, perhaps, or maybe Bickerstaff and Dolby. 
because Dolby was great against Notts County. For me, though, I think what's more compelling is maybe this is a game where you can play Jordan Davis or Elliot Lee off a target man and just see what they can do. Because I think most Wrexham fans will admit this weekend is a bit of a free hit. They're not, we're not, personally myself and lots I spoke to at the weekend at Notts, weren't too bothered either way what happens this weekend. I think Mansfield was basically, Mansfield away is basically the worst draw we could have got because they're a very good team who we've just been to play against and nil-nil was already a good result there. So I think that this weekend is a bit of a free hit. Look, if we if we get through, then we well up for the next round. I'm, I love the FA Cup. We all know that. But if we go out, I'm not too bothered. So I'd, I'd perhaps even say that it is a chance to, hopefully, like I said, I personally would like to see maybe Dolby and Bickerstaff from the start. Because, you know, if we lose, I'm not too bothered. Or if you want to go alternative, maybe a Dolby or a Palmer and then Lee or Davis off them just to see if either of them is capable of fulfilling that sort of secondary striker role because we really are going to need someone to, to fill well, in. Well, I, I do. It does make me wonder is it going to be Howard, McNicholas? Are we going to see Ford in there? Jordan Tunnicliffe's out for a few weeks. Max come back in, probably. You know, who do you give a rest to? Do you give Elliot Lee a rest? Luke Young probably comes back in. Andy Cannon could play again. He's been been missing minutes. Barnett could probably do with another run out. Uh, Mendy, do you play at left back? Give McLean a rest, or do you play McLean because he can't play against Gillingham? Lots of decisions for Parkey and, and Parkin um, to, to to make at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. But like we've said, we're so blessed to our squad depth that we can't complain too much. And now, what is so exciting for me ahead of Saturday is that puzzle because there are so many viable lineups and there's so many compelling arguments you can make for almost every player in that squad who's who's eligible to play to to get some minutes so yeah I'm, I'm it's almost in a way you know it's FA Cup it almost reminds me of these like Papa John's games because I just really don't know what the lineup's going to be and the intrigue there has been seeing this sort of second string or players who've been out on the periphery getting their opportunity so bring it on yeah I can't wait to see well hang on come to think of it FA Cup does that not mean we've got Bryce Billy Waters, this is not the Billy Waters redemption arc? Perhaps, perhaps it is. I mean, that says a lot, isn't it? That I just completely forgot to even name check him, I suppose. Oh, I mean, that is, that's something yeah, now. Cup competition now for, for Billy Waters. Yeah. That's a, hey, because at the end of the day, you can't afford to lose Palmer in particular. Now, that would be the one that would be devastating. Um, so that's why I would be inclined to go Dolby. And I mean, if you choose Waters over Bickerstaff, well, what type of message that's I wouldn't that do that. Because I wouldn't, Bickerstaff yeah, I wouldn't do play, that, but I'm but... thinking you could get Waters in the squad. You could get, I, I don't know. I think look, those three are there and they're chomping at the bit to play. And if this is a rotate while we're picking up you know, injury after injury, you never know. Particularly Bryce. I thought he played well at Crew. I think if Ford isn't quite ready to go, I, I, I have no issue playing Bryce against Mansfield. Neither do I. And yeah, yeah, redemption arc, though. That's the carrot. I mean, these players will be so determined to prove that it was a wrong decision not to have them registered. And like we said, there's still so much up in the air in football. Things can take such unexpected twists and turns. It only takes a, an injury, a suspension, and someone who's been out can get their chance. And I suppose that's the incentive now, isn't it, for Saturday? You've got that, that opportunity. So bring it on. Yeah, I can't wait to, to see. I think neither will be there, will we, this weekend? Because like, I've got Fulham away on Saturday. You've Birming- got, Birmingham, Birmingham sitting in Ipswich Town to see Wayne Rooney probably lose again in, in Birmingham? Birmingham. I'll be there in Manny Smith territory. Yeah, so Maybe I'll say hello to him. Neither us neither will be able to make our... our I'll be watching it. To, to I'll be watching it on, on TV. But, yeah, but a reminder, yeah, I've got to say a reminder, it is on S4C for those in the UK. And I presume... It's on ESPN. I've looked into it. I presume worldwide it's ESPN as well. 
So yeah, Nate, we won't be there ourselves, but yeah, keeping the close eye on it. And like we said, next week's podcast, we'll probably look back on that, look at what it means for the squad. And hopefully we'll have some more injury news as well by next next time. So we'll be able to have a greater look at what the team's looking like for the coming weeks. So thank you very much for joining us once again for Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. Thank you very much as well to Wrexham bass band Hypnotic for letting us use their music, the, the Stings, the new track Smolder out now. And yeah, Nath, I suppose whatever happens this week, it's got to feel a bit of a come down, isn't it, after, after what we just had? Well, look, magic of the cup. Um, you know, people know, long-time listeners will know that I am a huge lover of the FA Cup. I just think it is the the greatest competition um, the Wrexham will ever play, and I'm a big Champions League fan. But FA Cup, yeah, I think is amazing. I hope that we're the team that can finally knock Mansfield off the perch. And look, Rich, right now, whatever happens on Saturday, we're always going to have that one over Notts County until we meet again. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate all the people that listened and, and people that came up to me in the pub as well, Rich, that, that were praising you and I uh, on uh, the recent podcast, recent episode. So yeah, really appreciate it, Chris, and then on all the other people that came up to me. So yeah, leave your comments. Remember on Spotify, if you're listening, you can leave a comment below and they will be publicly available. So if you want your feelings and thoughts on the podcast to show up, just uh, leave us a message on there or leave us a review and spread the word among Wrexham fans. The Jake Hyde interview is still getting good traction and loads more good stuff to come. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you to Red 10. Thank you to Hypnotic. Thank you, most importantly to you, for listening, for making this podcast worthwhile. We will be back again next week to look back at what happened in the FA Cup and look ahead to more league action on the horizon. Take care, and we'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.